Las Aguilas, a family podcast. Las Aguilas, a family podcast. Do it one more time, but like slightly louder. Las Aguilas, a family podcast. And do it one more time, like you care about everybody. <laughs> um, Las Aguilas, a family podcast. Las Aguilas, a family podcast. I am recording. Welcome back to Las Aguilas, a family podcast. I'm Hector Farias. And I am Sarah Farias. <laughs> Sarah, thank you for joining me today. Oh um, my God, really I'm honored. <laughs> honored. <laughs> so um, I thought we could kind of structure this uh, similar to the other ones. You know, what were you doing before Corona? Um, how did Corona affect your plans? And then what are you doing now? Uh, that we're all in quarantine or sort of in and out of a quarantine mm-hmm. um, and just generally how are you doing and all that good stuff totally um well uh let's see before quarantine um before quarantine i was all over the place i was out and about i'm you know doing training i'm still coaching and training, personal training, but more so classes. And what I had gotten into about a year ago was uh, I came across an opportunity to run a gym and be more on the business and managerial, um, kind of taking over a startup. And um, that was in the works starting a year ago, um, over a year at this point. And we had our big opening in October. So it was a, it was a soft opening actually in August, big opening in October. And then, um, and then everything shut down. (laughs) So that was what was keeping me super busy constantly in this last year of um getting involved in that startup life and kind of the entrepreneurial life i didn't have any stake in the business or um any ownership there but it was something that i was hoping for um it was myself and the owner of the business of the gym um and we kind of came across Uh, or we found each other through one of my clients. She was dating this guy who um, is kind of a bigger name here in Chicago. He used to play on the bears and does all kinds of uh, philanthropic work and community involvement in Chicago. So he's pretty cool. Uh, And we met through her and just in, you know how when you meet somebody, you kind of vibe or you don't, maybe it takes a little while, but with uh, he and I, it was just like an instant click. We were just back and forth, back and forth. Um, and he, I had actually just gotten my, my trademark for serotonin back back when we had just met. And so I was all riled up and fired up. And, and so he was like, you're hyper. <laughs> we had to get you involved in this somehow. Uh, you probably work hard. Um, So I was uh, super happy with that opportunity because it allowed me to kind of step away from doing as much of the training as I was doing. Because ultimately, that's kind of one of my goals is to ease myself out of being the front man, like of being the front person, you know, teaching all the time. And um, I don't, I would like to do that here and there, but not have that be the main source of income that, you know, time for money. And um, so anyway, so that was what was happening prior to um, quarantine. And then being that it was a startup, um, I was the only employee. So I was the only person really running running the show, running the gym, programming, making sure the facility itself was set up and cleaned and everything. Um, So it was a lot. It was (laughs) everything that they say about the entrepreneur life, startup life. I was like, this is no joke. Like this is 
you don't know what you don't know. And then every single day, every single week, it was like something new that would pop up that you're like, huh, <laughs> didn't know that was even a thing. And now I need to take care of that. And it was just um, a huge, huge learning experience. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm super grateful for it because um, it's helped me now with what I'm doing and what I've been doing since quarantine hit. But um, yeah, so they closed. They ended up closing for quarantine. Um, but I think they are reopening, I think sometime this week. Chicago has reached phase four. Is it in Texas? Where are you guys? Um, I'm not sure in like Texas. I know in Laredo, they just made up their own uh, kind of gauge and we're at a level four. Um, but I'm not, I'm not sure if Texas has one. I think Texas might not. I mean, I haven't heard anything about, about a, like a level system mm. to see where we're at. Gotcha. Um, but if we were, we'd probably be at like a level four if that's the bad one. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. Like this, uh, the, the phases, like the phases of reopening the city. Mm um where right now i mean chicago's definitely a hot spot for covid big time um but in the phases of reopening i believe there's five or six phases right now we're in phase four of reopening which just means more things are opening up to the public um in smaller groups you can have larger groups and outdoor settings and so there's all these different things that we're now jumping to which is interesting i mean it's all it seems to be just based on business and money and people needing yeah. to go back to work somehow and salvage salvage whatever they can of their businesses but um i mean not that that is necessarily the safest thing but here we are <laughs> we're in phase gotcha. four <laughs> well then in that case uh, i mean texas had just about reopened everything people were eating at restaurants going to clubs again um, but then I think recently, uh, our governor just backtracked and was like, okay, let's, uh, half capacity at the bars. Everyone's yeah. got to still wear masks. Yeah. Um, so it was kind of like we reopened everything and now we're just going backwards towards quarantine again. Um, yeah. so I guess we'll see what, what happens, but I know Laredo's, uh, pretty quarantined right now. Yeah. They have the, the mask rule again, curfew. Um, feet or fines if you don't follow either of those um and then no gatherings more than like 10 people i think gotcha um so yeah yeah we're starting but i feel like the potential to scale it back again is definitely <laughs> yeah. yeah but wave two i uh, know right and it's the corner i had a chance to actually visit uh, I know you were privy to that in, in my classes where I was in Texas visiting for a couple weeks, which was really nice. So I did get to see kind of how the way of life was there in San Antonio, mm -hmm. um, which it definitely was different than Chicago. There was a lot, it was a lot more lax um, in San Antonio than it is here. But now I think it's starting to get to that place where San Antonio was, mm -hmm. but we'll see how long that lasts um gotcha. yeah uh, so uh just going back to the stuff you had been working on before quarantine what was the name of the the startup you were working at or can we know is it still like a surprise uh, no 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 it's actually don't support them <laughs> <laughs> okay. they are yeah no the the <laughs> i built that place no i really did kind of but um they it was it's interesting because i kind of had one of those experiences where you think you know a guy um it was uh covered with, by the mask of covid nobody would ever really know kind of how things went down. Like I said, it was pretty much a partnership between myself and the owner. Mm -hmm. And then the girlfriend who I had been training way back in the day when we had first met, uh, got pulled on board to be an instructor um, months prior. And mm -hmm. um, so she got pulled on to teach like one class a week 
Um, and then there just started to become a lot of differences, creative differences, and then some of like, well, this is how I want to do the, these things. This is how I think in my humble yet professional and experienced opinion, you know, this is how I think this should be. And it was just a lot of like butting heads um, subtly, but it was definitely there. So as time went by, it just started to kind of become more and more potent that I was almost getting asked out in a way. So mm -hmm. it kind of became like this couple wanting to kind of take over um, things is how it felt. And you know what? Hey, they want to build their kingdom and um, kind of create this thing or not really create this thing, but have this thing together and, you know, kind of run it the way they want to. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that it just was becoming a thing where I felt like it was mutiny, to be honest with you. Like it was like a wanting to somehow figure out a way where I would maybe get a backseat and they would take things from there. I don't know. But when COVID hit, that was kind of where things hit the fan um, with us, which was really unfortunate because it was just a big, big, big effort uh, on my part to be a part of this thing and to get it running and develop the culture and the membership and everything of this foundation of a place. Um, so in March, I received word that I was let go from Restore being that I was the only one there, I mean, and on salary. Mm -hmm. So yeah, they, or the owner let me go and was kind of like, well, maybe you come back when things, um, when things settle, who knows when that will be and whatever, but we're going to have to let you go. And I was like, all right. <clears throat> and, um, that was kind of it. Like then it was just very cut and dry. It was like via text. I was like, are you kidding? Like we talk every day. We've been so close in this whole operation and, you know, this creation of this business, but at the end of the day, I think I was more heart and emotion and he was just like business. This is business. It's pure, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. It's not personal. And, um, I think that that's definitely something that I have been learning, uh, and learned a lot in this experience of that personal business boundary and how emotions can, um, play a role in the way things go <laughs> with that. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, so the name of the gym is Restore, R-S-T-R um, for short. But uh, yeah, uh, that's, that's them. So when he was uh, kind of proposing, well, maybe you come back or maybe you just volunteer during this quarantine time, I was like, I think it's serotonin time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so. So, well, yeah. damn, that sucks. But also, serotonin yeah. is really awesome. Um, uh, do you uh, could you maybe like talk a little bit about what serotonin is exactly, in case um, not everyone knows or you know follows you on Instagram and stuff like that? Yeah. So, um, and I definitely want to talk about your music too. By the way, um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I uh, so I came up with the name serotonin years and years ago like back in 2012 and i just thought it was creative in the um the entendres there the double entendre um of serotonin kind of being um uh what is it what is the word um associated with or linked with the sense of happiness or energy and those endorphins that happen for various reasons, but one of them is through exercise. Mm -hmm. So through exercising and movement and um, getting your um, everything going, there can be this release of serotonin, which is that high, that energy boost. Um, so I thought it was applicable <laughs> for 
me. And so I came up with that name a long time ago and um, about, I think it's closer to two years at this point, I got the trademark and getting the trademark was quite uh, a long drawn out process. So that finally happened. I got that approved and done. And so now I have the trademark for this name serotonin, which embodies my brand as a business for uh, personal training and coaching and just kind of workout classes. Um, <clears throat> so that is serotonin um, kind of in a nutshell. So yeah, and I think that it embodies because what's interesting about that um, like chemical serotonin is that it's kind of an enigma. It's associated with they don't really know what is exactly the cause, like is serotonin, it's linked directly to depression and sadness, but they're like, is that because there's a lack of serotonin or is the release causing that? Or is, you know, so there's a little bit of back and forth, but either way, um, when the release of serotonin happens and you have all this expenditure of that, then you do have that low. Um, because, you know, when it's out there and you have like a lot of this energy being expended, then you will just naturally have some downtime after that. Um, low energy, sometimes feelings of, you know, sadness or depression um, or just like melancholy. But, um, and thus is life, right? Like, so yeah. it's just kind of the yin and the yang and... I think that that is just kind of symbolic of, of life and how we go through the motions of whatever it is that we're doing is always obviously the opposite. Hmm. And so I think the Sarah is the soft to the tonin, which is the hard. <laughs> so like, I want to be everyone's cheerleader, but I also <laughs> want to kick your ass and it's not going to be an easy class. Um, which, well, you've been taking the classes. I'm yeah. hoping that you've been getting something out of them. <laughs> You're like, yeah, they suck. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they, they do in a good way. Like they make me really tired and work really hard, but they're a lot of fun. Yeah. You oh know. my God. Good. And um, I wish, um, I wish you could experience the class kind of in a live setting um, mm -hmm. versus Zoom because Zoom, just the sound quality and everything, there's glitches and it doesn't quite come in and quite as clear. Mm -hmm. And I love having the music tied into the workouts because it just adds to that aspect of just being fun because mm -hmm. people don't necessarily, unless you're in that upper percentage of percentile of people who are the workout enthusiasts and really love it and enjoy it and you know are super diligent then working out is uncomfortable and it's time consuming and it's tiring and so the majority of people are like Ugh, i don't want to do this but i have to or i should mm -hmm. so i'm going to force myself and just get it done so that concept and that mindset is definitely something that I think I have worked on uh, to create this atmosphere and experience for people where it doesn't have to be this dreadful thing. Like I'm going to try to mask the discomfort that you're feeling with some good music and hopefully I make you laugh at some point in this thing mm -hmm. um, and just kind of switch, switch that um, experience for people of being something they don't want to do and don't want to go show up for to like, let's go. Like I, I we, it's going to be fine. Like maybe we don't want to initially, but as soon as we're there, like we know that it's going to be great. And my ultimate goal is for ha to have everybody leave feeling better than when they first came in. Mm -hmm. So that's really what I'm trying to accomplish. I'm not reinventing the wheel by any means. Like nothing of what I'm doing is like, I mean, well, I, I do have exercises that I've come up with up, you know, just through experimenting and stuff of like, how can I get this muscle? How can I get this or that, that I take pride in? But mm -hmm. I mean, more than anything, it's just doing the simplest things well.
and with good form. So, yeah. Gotcha. Well, I think you're definitely doing a, a good job on all of those fronts. I mean, no. at, at, at least for me and Tatiana, we've definitely, you know, like after class felt like that was really good. We needed that today. We feel like we can, you know, enjoy the rest of the day a little bit better that we now that we've worked out, um, especially in the way awesome. that you've you've done it. Because, I mean, um, we've tried doing uh, other exercises, like just doing weights, and that gets kind of boring and really long and tedious. Um, so yeah. your class is definitely a like, uh, breath of fresh air. Oh. Not doing that, um, and then you've definitely made us like laugh our butts <laughs> off a few times with some of the things you've said. Uh, I think ridiculous. it was something like you were, you were oh. setting up an exercise, and you're like, and then if you want to rate, make this really messed up, do this, and we're like, that's great. <laughs> we just started cracking up, trying to do it the normal way. Oh, um, so awesome. yeah, definitely great job on all oh. all fronts. Thank you, and I mean. Since we're being complimentary, great job on your EP. I mean, oh, I you. have listened to it many times and I gotta say, um, like I was, the story, the little anecdote that I was gonna tell you right now, and I was like, I'll wait till the interview, um, was I was humming your song Slumber. Mm -hmm. It's just in my head. And I feel like that is like one of the best things for any musician or artist is if something's stuck in your head. Like mm -hmm. if you, if your work, if your music is there and people can't get it out of their head and they just like catch themselves singing it, so not even, you know, consciously, it's like, it's good. <laughs> it's a good track. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'd say the journey, A. Alexander, the journey, mm -hmm. I, I went on that journey. It was great. I loved it. I love it. Like those transitions, the beat that kind of comes in at the middle. Like that's one of my favorite things in music is I feel like black eyed peas do this a lot and different artists that I know that have one uh, kind of sound at the beginning and then it'll take a direction out of nowhere mid song mm -hmm. or later. And you're like, Whoa, like where did that come from? Um, and it works and it's so good. Um, and so I found that in the journey and I love it. Um, slumber, so good. Rainbow is a trip, obviously. <laughs> yeah. So love it. So I've definitely been enjoying what you put out there. It's, it's, it's pretty amazing. So thank you for blessing the world with your work and your art. Well, thank you. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Um, Hopefully, before the summer's over, I'll have a single out. Um, we'll, we'll see how that goes. I still you gotta have give to us. You gotta give us a things. sneak peek. Yeah, you gotta give us a sneak peek, a, a private um, yeah, listening, I, I or might, a live. Oh, you could do live. I might. I might do an Instagram live and play all the acoustic songs. You know, the the first three, and then maybe that new one. Maybe we'll see. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm a, I have severe stage fright sometimes. What? You're kidding. Really? Yeah, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of performing uh, live, but like I still enjoy performing, um, mm -hmm. but it is quite frightening. Well, uh, what is it about it that, uh, I, same, it's taken me, I mean, I'm in my element when I train for the most part, but when I taught a class at under Armour there was like 50 plus people there that was the biggest amount of people I was no longer in like this private little studio of six to ten people where I'm in there all the time I'm doing my thing I'm in my element mm -hmm. even at our even at our Easter when I went up there to do that song I was like freaking out I don't like being in front of people mm -hmm. like that I don't like that attention I, it makes me kind of feel uncomfortable I mean I know if you want to get deep I, I know where that comes from <laughs> I know the root of all this insecurity but um yeah so but that's surprising to hear you say that mm. yeah I, I mean I've I feel like I know the root of it as well I, I suppose we could get deep if we wanted to <laughs> for the for the whole family to hear right right um would it get to know us 
You want to really know us? You want to really know. Here's my deepest insecurity. (laughs) 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 Go ahead. But but yeah, like, um, I don't know. Like, I I enjoy, like, I love playing music. And when I'm alone, (laughs) I really like just kind of messing around and do different voices for the songs. Um, And that's kind of how I keep, you know, playing the same song over and over and over again gets kind of boring. So then you start changing it up and playing it and singing it in weird and funny ways that make it more entertaining to yourself. Totally. Um, But when I'm playing in front of people, I never know how to like play again. (laughs) Like I could play any of the songs that that I've like made and I would have forgotten how to sing as soon as like I get in front of a whole bunch of people. I'm like, how should I, how's my voice supposed to sound again for this song? What What was the way that everyone enjoyed it? Oh, how interesting. Yeah. Um, I start, <laughs> the way everyone enjoyed it? Can't remember. I start, uh, you know, worrying more about like, are they going to enjoy it as opposed to like, am I going to have fun playing it? Yeah. Um, and then that makes it kind of like stressful. But then, you know, once it's over, it's, you know, a lot of fun and you get into it when you start. Um, but it's always the initial like kind of getting up to it and shaking and all that <clears throat> yeah. fun stuff before you're like, I'm going to sing in front of a big old crowd or like do a presentation in front of a crowd that's going to like critique me in their minds. Totally. Um, right. And I'm sure people get used to it. But How long now have you been performing on stage? Do you do like, do you go do open mics? Do you do stuff where you're actually out there performing regularly or... No, I probably should. I just kind of occasionally play for family or friends, Um, but not not often. And when I do, I'm always like, remember, guys, I'm not very good. And then I just start playing Um, or, you know, afterwards, they'll like clap or whatever. I'll be like, you're a bunch of liars. (laughs) And then then I'll put the guitar away. Um, Right. Right? uh, Isn't that so interesting? Like, I I feel you. I feel you so much because it's it's, it's such an insecurity of, like, feeling, like, so concerned about, you know, the opinion of other people and their judgment on our work. And, like, is it good enough? Am I good enough? Is this going to be something that anyone gives a family time, gives gives a care? Wow, I, I'm proud of myself for catching that because that was <laughs> that was right a good there. one. Yeah, thanks. Um, but um, yeah, I know what you mean, and like I've had, I've had some uh, just very very um, trusted close people that I know care about me and who support me nonstop. That unconditional support and love, and they're just like, "Girl, own it. You got it." own it, do your thing, because this is what you do. And this is, you know, something that you have been working on your craft and you got it. So don't allow that power to sink away because of the worry of somebody else, because you got it. You know what you're doing. This isn't your first rodeo. You can do this. And, um, and if somebody doesn't like it, they won't attend or they won't, you know, be there and that's okay. And so it's so funny. I was watching RuPaul's masterclass. Are you familiar with Raph's masterclass? Mm -hmm. I've been meaning to start watching him because I think my mom has an account. So I'll have to, I'll have to get that later. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Fabian and uh, Felicia, his girlfriend got uh, a year subscription for my for me for my birthday and I've already yes I was like wow what a great great gift um it literally feels like you're sitting in a class similar to Theo Echoed when he and Theo Arturo were doing that interview I like posted up with a pen and pad and coffee and was listening to their conversation and I felt like I was right there with them and I was taking notes on on our family uh Mm -hmm. history I was like how fascinating um that was the inspiration for this I was like oh they're gonna start doing episodes like that'd be perfect to add to the dude um but I really enjoy those dude I I know I, I I can't wait for I only saw the part one I can't wait to see whatever else comes out from that. But um, I want to touch on that as well. Mm-hmm. But just as far as uh, <clears throat> RuPaul, I was watching his um, masterclass and he was just saying like, 
just put yourself in this mindset where um, pretend that the entire audience or whoever is in there is only giving you unconditional love. Like that's it. Pretend like that's the only option and the only thing that you're receiving. And he's like, I would always feel that when I would perform for my mom um, and I wasn't scared that she was going to boo me or I wasn't scared at all performing in front of my mom. I knew she was going to love it. And she did every single time. So that's kind of what helped me with stage fright or going in front of people, you know, doing what he was doing um, was definitely, you know, a uh, uh, space where people could criticize you. Um, mm -hmm. But he was like, I just put myself in this mindset of like, I'm performing in front of mama and, or I'm performing in front of some, like nothing that I'm going to get is going to be anything other than unconditional love. And so then therefore he just did his thing and like allowed his frequency to just completely shine through. And I know that that is like the biggest thing that the viewer or consumer can see immediately is, is it, you know, is this person having fun? Is this person being, you know, comfortable or, or are they comfortable uh, up there doing whatever it is they're doing? Mm -hmm. And you can just tell. And, um, so I know that the biggest strength that I or any of us have is to just own that authentic, our authentic selves and, whoa, <laughs> and, um, you know, not allow it to be dulled. Cause that's the only thing that, uh, really matters is just allowing our gifts and our, our shine to be, to be all that it is without mm -hmm. the dulling based on, really internal really yeah. internal conflicts because how often are we bullied or judged maybe once in a while but it's so constant inside mm -hmm. so i know i have to figure that out too. <laughs> no you're saying we're we're our own uh biggest critic is that mm -hmm. how they say it? Our, our own worst enemy um yeah, Both. yeah i need to <laughs> i need to work on that as well um hopefully over the summer with my music that'll be uh my yeah. other thing to work on and then just uh, practicing like mm -hmm. going out and doing the whatever the open mics or doing more stuff online yeah. is i mean i'll be tuning in anytime <laughs> you do that um so just um side question um because i was wondering because i'm um i i'm not sure if i had heard or or not but like how'd you get into um you know your field of work what did you study it in college i want to say you did right or like some aspect of it no no i um i guess some aspect one thing that i found that there are so many parallels uh with uh were design i was i studied marketing and graphic design mm. in school so I got my degree in that and did that for a couple of years. And I had just been in sports my whole life. And even at Notre Dame, I did boxing. Um, but that was, I always wanted to continue doing something in sports. And just, I mean, after high school, that was, well, I guess college too, a little bit, but that competitive nature never dies. Like if you are an athlete or have played sports in your life it's like that's always in you and you never lose that that side of you um you may not practice it the way you used to or be involved in any type of team uh, or competitive thing but uh so so for me being out of college i was just like trying to find something to do to work out and lift weights or whatever and i got P90X and I started doing P90X and that was where I really was like on a strict program for this 90 day situation and um, following the guidelines of the eating and learning more about what is what is all of that about and just learning how to exercise without being in a sport like I wasn't mm -hmm. practicing any skill other than lifting um, and so that was a little bit newer to me with all of the concepts of form and I mean, all of the anatomy and science like this, this 
something to it that you didn't just go wailing around doing things. Otherwise you're going to get hurt. There's a mm -hmm. proper way to lift um, and to move. And so after P90X, I just was constantly like all the time getting asked, what are you doing? What are you training for? Are you a trainer? Are you a coach? Like, and I was just like, I need to be banking on this. <laughs> I was just like giving out info and helping people and just like, no, no, I'm just doing this program or whatever. And then I was like, well, why can't I do this? And so I started looking into personal training and found out, I mean, anybody can do this. Like anybody can go online and either go take classes somewhere or get all of the stuff sent to you and you just study from home and then go get a test or go test somewhere at a site. So like, it's not, you don't need to have any crazy credentials to be able to get into the field. But I think that one of the biggest things that has made me the trainer and coach that I am now is this eight, eight close to nine years of experience because pff, when you're first starting off as a trainer and you don't have the one-on-one -on -one experience with people like you really have to be careful it takes a mm -hmm. lot of hours of learning different clients different body types different you know situations and ailments and injuries and things that at this point in time I'm so much more in my element and comfortable with things. Like it doesn't make me nervous dealing with any particular situation or jumping in to teach any particular class or anything. Like I just feel like, and not that I like know it all. I still am learning all the time, but now I feel like I've found my stride mm -hmm. and I feel like the experience that I've accumulated to this point is like, okay, I know my shit. I know the basics like in the fundamentals uh like the back of my hand and i can i can make sure that people are getting what they need and in the right way and safe um i don't think about it the way i used to think about it in the past so so yeah not through not through uh college it wasn't until post-college and i had already moved to chicago i was already i was living in texas we're gonna ibc bank marketing and graphic design with that b man and uh <laughs> you remember that guy <laughs> yeah is he still around is yeah he still the face he is he's mm -hmm. the face of ibc still mm -hmm. my ah! i have a friend that works there now and he's like i need to do something about that b man <laughs> he's he he's haunts little, my dreams <laughs> he's not he was like not very nice um <laughs> Anywho, yeah, I was working at IBC in San Antonio um, for the couple years. And then when I just up and moved out here to Chicago, I was kind of chilling. I was babysitting with this great family who I actually still keep in contact with once in a while. Um, and uh, just doing odds and ends jobs with the savings that I had, I was like, I'll figure it out. Like I'll find a job. And I did, I ended up finding this marketing like desk job. And I was like, yeah, right. Give me out of here. I can't <laughs> do this. And mm -hmm. so I quit and then just went full steam ahead with, um, studying and getting into the personal training whilst babysitting, um, mm -hmm. and doing some easy things to support myself. Um, and, um, and then, yeah. And then it just kind of, I, I originally was thinking of just doing it as a side hustle and then it just kind of took off from there. <clears throat> so, but in graphic design and marketing, all of those things have helped me in this, like the attention yeah. to detail in graphic design and the craft, like if you can't see and pick up on something in, in the details, it's going to be all off and it's just going to be off whether you know what it is or not, it's going to be off and you, can tell but the you know with graphic design and looking at someone's movements like I almost look at people sometimes like you would with those things where you like go in close and try to see the picture and find mm -hmm. the hidden picture inside of it like that's mm -hmm. kind of what I do in a way when I'm looking at somebody because I know how you should be moving and if one thing is just ever so slightly off 
I'll be able to like, okay, let's address this. Like, and that is the devil's in the details when it comes mm -hmm. to training. And if you can't spot out those details, then, uh, then that's a problem. You need to be able to, as a coach, as somebody who's trying to do this, like you're not going to know unless somebody tells you exactly and exactly how to fix it and where you should be feeling and where you shouldn't. So my probably borderline OCD in this field is put to good use because you need to be able to know what you're doing um, for safety mm -hmm. uh, and efficiency. So I know, and then the marketing, now that my uncle Tom, my mom's brother has uh, got this whole brand identity for me now, that's awesome. He just sent me all of these files and all of my logo and all of this stuff recently. So I'm super stoked about that. But the marketing and design that I had done for serotonin in the past was, it sufficed. I mean, it wasn't that great, but it definitely helped me with, you know, trying to get it going over these last few years. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it's a lot of parallels there. Gotcha. But if you, yeah, you could become a trainer too. Thank God. <laughs> Maybe it. Yeah. could be interesting. Oh, really? Um, but yeah, I want. Um, that's interesting that you did marketing because I like looking at your Instagram. I'm like, dang, this her Instagram is so slick, and it looks like she has like a team doing all of her, all of her posts and stuff. So like, you can definitely see that you have training in you know, uh, you know, promoting uh, yourself or even just like anything in general. Um, so that's awesome. I didn't know that. <clears throat> I didn't know that's what you had studied. But uh, mm -hmm. cool, cool. Yeah. Um. So now moving on to now that we're into quarantine, how has the quarantine affected the way you've like kind of been, you know, being a personal trainer and coach? Because um, I know you've moved, you know, some classes online. Um, mm -hmm. Well, in my effort to self-quarantine um, pretty quickly at the beginning of all this stuff, from Restore, that startup, um, <clears throat> I went ahead and, you know, pulled myself away. And again, it was pretty much only me there at this gym. And when COVID really started to hit the fan and people were on a frenzy, there was like no toilet paper. There was one particular weekend where it was like the masses were just ravenous at the, mm -hmm. or like at the grocery stores and just clearing things out. And I was like, Oh my, okay, let's do a little bit of research. Like, what are we looking at? Mm -hmm. And I talked to my uncle, Tom, who was working on my logo at the time. And he was in New York and was kind of like, you need to stay home. <laughs> you shouldn't be in a gym where people are spitting and sweating and all over everything. And I was like, Oh God. Okay. So I self quarantined pretty quickly. Um, and was like, well, I don't know what I can do from here, but I'm going to just start doing things online. So I pretty immediately started to do live classes on Instagram and that was like a couple times a week I was doing that and just trying to stay engaging and engaged with people and um, clients and stuff, doing what I could. And then when I got let go in March, it's just been a blessing for me. Um, the silver lining for me has been that this is my opportunity that I couldn't ever have imagined it being a better opportunity to lock myself in and get this done because I feel like I probably have some ADD, don't know, but focusing on things and organizing things is tough for me. Mm -hmm. um, sitting and doing the work that's on my computer um, is like, ugh, I'd rather be doing something. I want to go, you know, um, not do not do all those things so putting my website together like really really you know buckling down in this time of quarantine where there's nowhere to go you're in your home and i live by myself so it's just kind of like if you don't if not now when like you have already gotten let go all the gyms that you've worked for you've worked for uh and they take 
house always takes more than half of whatever any trainer makes. So trainers always get that, you know, short end of the stick and you're doing all of this work and you have the credentials and the, the house where you're, wherever you're at will take a big chunk of that, uh, mm -hmm. of that revenue from you. So I was like, well, mm -hmm. I was using restore as a means to an end, like as a means to get out of being the trainer and take on more of a business end and learn the ropes and, and start up and all that stuff. So I consider this last year of being involved with restore is like a paid internship. Um, like I got paid, I learned, I gathered as much, you know, I was as much of a sponge as I could with just like, because there's no other way than being thrown in. Like I, there was mm -hmm. no one else really, like he has all these other businesses and things that he's doing. So it was just like, sink or swim. Like, I'll be here to kind of help you, but also need you to do this. And so I was like, okay. So the, all of that experience and the experience that I've just had in general has all led me to this point. And I've never felt the way that I felt now. And I've never um, been in a space mentally and emotionally and just everything that I am now. And I feel so free and I feel so liberated and so full of love for myself and like where, like where I have come to be now from all of the bulls that I have kind of been through over the years. And now I feel like I've just like arrived, like risen above like the clouds and all this stuff to just like this openness. And now I'm like flying freely and I can go wherever I want to go and do whatever I want to do. And I don't feel held back emotionally or by anyone or any particular thing whatsoever. And it's a great place to be. Um, and I don't, I mean, the last time I feel like I felt this way was maybe, I mean, it had to be probably right before my dad passed. So that was when I was like 21. So it's weird because I feel like in these years, these last 12 years, I have been doing, 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 but never really feeling the way I feel now. And so now I can't go back. And so feeling this is like, okay, I get it. I feel it. I don't want to let this go. So what do I have to do to, um, to secure this for myself and um and that's what i'm doing so now it's just like all in on me and all in on the things that make me happy and bring me joy and are helping other people in some way that's um uh i mean i feel like health is wealth and if, you know that's something that i feel like is such a like i've tried to get out of this profession honestly for a while but i have stayed and always come back to it because i think that there's value here a lot and um i think that if i can help people on a bigger scale then that would be great and um, more than anything like now I'm training my mom and you guys are like coming to my zoom classes So I feel like now in this like time of quarantine It's introduced me to this virtual space um, To do this kind of training where I can reach more people um, and that I can uh, You know create something here That's gonna be able to be on its own uh, without me having to kind of always be present or sacrifice my own time for money because ultimately I miss my family. Like, <laughs> I miss you guys. <clears throat> so it's like being here and doing this now in this time of quarantine has uh, really been this big, huge transition for me to go, just go, go, go full steam ahead on what it is I need to do for myself and my future and my family um, so that I can help my family and so that I can see my family. <laughs> like, it, like it all, like it all, it all comes back to what brings me happiness. And that's, um, you know, feeling 
how I feel about what I do for others, but ultimately it's like my family is the most important people um, to me. So if I can find a way to make it back home somehow uh, by doing this, if this is the means to that, then, but, then I'm in. So, so I'm just trying to create something now and establish something finally that's going to be for the long term um, and really be something important for, for me, for my life, um, and hopefully help other people too. <laughs> and I just want to spend time with you guys. So if I can just make enough money to come home when I want and then train while I'm there. That's really all I want. <laughs> so that is definitely the goal. And I and I feel like for a lot of our family that's that's the goal whenever I talk to like my brothers or Drake or Nella or whoever else, like everyone wants to be able to have a job where they can always come back and see everybody at just like a moment's notice and not, mm-hmm. you know, have to worry about work and stuff like that. Yeah or not having the means to get around, like to make those trips if you need to. So, and our family has been so beautiful and wonderful to Fabian and myself. Um, there have been occasions like where, I mean, even last year Roberto um, was able to get me a last minute flight to come to Easter um, or, you know, in just the times where it's like tough financially um, the family always steps up and, and, and steps in to help bring us together again. Um, and I think that that is like such a huge ultimate goal of all of us is the ability to stay connected and, and feel like this is a community that we can all come back to um, made of just like love and comfort and peace. And that is super important. Um, and so. I want to be able to do that as well for people at some point, our cousins or whomever. And it's just kind of that sense of paying it forward in a way or wanting to be good on my own so that I can help somebody and, you know, be able to, you know, pass that along as well. Um, if, if that ever came up, which I'm sure at some point it will, but yeah. So Cool, cool. Um, sorry if you can hear that. Um, Tatiana's dad has like a really nice surround sound system, and I think he's watching a movie right now. So, oh, um, nice. No, it's okay. <laughs> um, well, yeah. I well, you know, I hope that it continues to. Um, you know, I think you're doing a really. Um, you know, I think you're doing a really thing, and you know, we're all very proud of you, and we can't wait to see you in person again soon, along with the rest of the family. Thank you so much. I thought I appreciate that. And like I said, it's really like starting to be full steam ahead with Saratoga. Well, it is. Um, so I am looking forward to offering more and um, being able to put more stuff out there uh, for the family. And I actually have some stickers coming in. So if anybody wants any serotonin stickers to throw on your computer, let me know. Um, and t-shirts and stuff like that. So I'll keep you guys updated and be sending links and sending you guys stuff. Um, I need to get more in on, on Facebook. I really don't do too much on Facebook. It's pretty much Instagram, but, um, yeah, I'll be, keeping everybody posted with that and your support means everything to me and I love you guys so much and I can't wait to keep hearing all of these episodes I think that what you're doing is so awesome um and you're a huge uh like of this like younger generation now of the cousins that is like bringing us together as well in this wonderful way through technology and through your skills and gifts that you have just naturally and from what you've done from school and then some. So I think that like all of our aunts and uncles and everybody in the family is still involved thanks to thanks to all the things that you're doing and that we're all kind of helping contribute in our adult lives. It's so funny to now be adults um, just from being all, you know, the young cousins and kids that are always running around. So yeah, so it's, 
thank you for doing this. This is great. I can't wait to hear. I love Nella's episode and I can't wait to hear some more. Yeah, for sure. And th- uh, thank you. Also, I will definitely take a serotonin shirt when those Woo! arrive. Definitely rock one of those. You got it. You got it. No problem. Alrighty. Well, I think we're coming to the end of this episode. So something that I started doing um, after Nella's episode, because after me and Nella finished, uh, she gave me some ideas of what uh, she thought could be cool to do on different episodes. So she said, maybe, you know, like at the end of each episode, um, you know, whoever it is can answer a question or ask a question for the next person, um, for the next people that will be online. Um, so before your episode, I was chatting with Nina. So Nina has, uh, a few questions for you. And then after you answer those, you can come up with some questions for, um, I think Drake will be next. Hey. Okay. So Nina's two questions were, well, actually they were three questions. So the first one is, what was your proudest moment in college years, in your college years? Honestly, my, I would say my proudest moment was, I feel like we all know it would be boxing. Like I was so, 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 so terrified. I was terrified. I didn't want to do it night of right before I went out, I freaked out. And I, I remember doing that also. It was like, reminded me of skydiving right before I, when that plane door opened, I was like, hell no, you can go ahead and close that. Not going to happen. <laughs> so that is exactly how I felt on fight night. And like this girl was like a seasoned Southpaw. She had already been doing it. It was my novice year. And I was just like, man, I really don't think this is a good idea. <laughs> so um, yeah, so out of pure fear and adrenaline and Fabian pumping me up like right before my bout, I just went out there and just started swinging. And so um, to go out there and do that was like a lot for me. And then to win was like just the complete like cherry on top of like, I don't know how that happened. And I think it was all the adrenaline of like just somebody on bath salts, <laughs> just going ham. Um, so I went pretty ham and just, you know, blacked out internally and then won. Mm. I don't know. Um, but I would say that was probably it. And just graduating, honestly, like just being able to get my degree. I didn't want to go back senior year. So to just go back and leave the fam after um dad had passed i was like it really took a lot for me to leave to leave the family at all so i didn't want to be there i didn't want to go back um so honestly just to graduate and finish was crossing the finish line for me and i was like okay you did it it's done and uh that's it so probably proud of myself for that yeah and your your boxing match was televised wasn't it or something because mm-hmm. I, I remember watching it with nana and pompa and all the aunts and uncles at her house <laughs> just like all the kids like on the floor watching uh you beat the beat the crap out of somebody <laughs> good family bonding Fabian's, i love that oh my god that's pretty awesome i know fabian's editing techniques were definitely part of that cinematic <laughs> experience for the rocky soundtrack in there and you know <laughs> So he made it look cooler. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it looked pretty cool, even minus the editing, I'm sure. (laughs) All right. So Nina's second question is, what was one of um, your fondest memories from childhood? Oh, my God. Fondest memories from childhood. Honestly, in San Antonio, one of... In San Antonio, our dad was a huge handyman. He was always making things big into carpentry. He made all kinds of stuff, uh, additions to the house and just all these different things. But in San Antonio, when Fabian and I were kids, um, my dad had built this um, playhouse out in the back for me. And it was... um, just this like wooden playhouse. And I remember just thinking that it was like 
the most magical thing ever to have my own like little tiny miniature home and um, that it was just like built from scratch for me. And um, so our backyard was awesome. Like the way he had created this little world back there, he had this huge compost pile in the corner that um, we would always just go throw all this stuff in there and he would use that to plant the trees in the yard. Mm. I would climb one of those trees like all the time. That thing was huge and I would always be up in the tree. He then like put this play playground, this little swing set back there. So I would always be there and then he made this little house for me. So I feel like in San Antonio, yeah, uh, our little home and backyard that was built into this little playland wonderland. I was like so in love with it. And I felt like it was also a labor of love. And I was just like always happy when I was out there. And so I would say that backyard with those, with all that stuff that was built and created for us was always, always a good time, especially when there was friends and family that came over. So yeah, I'd say probably that. That's awesome. Okay, and then her last question is, do you believe in love at first sight? Yeah, I live in love at first sight. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, ah, uh, that's an interesting question because <laughs> let's see, because I feel like my initial, I, like I feel... I honestly do feel very so much love that anybody I meet and anything that I see, I'm like, oh, nature, oh, look at that bird. Look at this water. It's so beautiful. Like good. Like all of these things, I just feel like I'm like living in this, like where everything is just pure and beautiful. Mm -hmm. And like that, at, you know, I know that there's all the different sides to people and I always like choose or can't even help myself like to see that in people initially. So I think that um, I feel like that's kind of how I operate. But as far as love at first sight and being in love with somebody at first sight, um, no, <laughs> I don't know. I think that... Uh, I don't know. I don't think that that is like a reality, at least for me, to feel that with somebody right off the bat. I think just my own personal experiences have taught me like you got to get to know people before you, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know anything. So I think that even if maybe I felt something. I would tear it down pretty quickly and say, snap out of that. That's not reality. <laughs> so there's I, that. I, I love the way you answered I'm so it in love, first. yet I'm a pessimist as hell. <laughs> I really like how but, you answered that in terms of like, yeah, I like fall in love with nature at first sight and all because <laughs> that's not how I was thinking about it, but I love that answer um, a lot. Oh. Um, so nice. <laughs> very very real answer um, thanks for the questions yeah nina. thank you nina um so yeah if you got questions for drake um you can ask them now or um you know you can always text them to me later uh, okay however you're feeling um yeah let me think about that i'm gonna think about that for a second because drake's an interesting character mm -hmm. and i think i have i want to ask a couple of questions i'll put some thought to that so gotcha, gotcha. Well, cool cool uh be prepared drake for some good questions yeah get ready you got <laughs> get ready <laughs> just kidding well all right um, i um oh sorry were you gonna say something no 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 i was gonna say thank you for having me oh again. yeah for sure yeah i was about to say this is a good place to kind of end <laughs> totally. but yeah definitely thank you for coming on um, and hopefully we can have you on again uh, soon. Well, maybe not soon because there's so much family to get through, but, you know, relatively totally. soon. Um, so, yeah, thank you again for coming on and keep doing what you're doing. All good stuff. Can't wait you to too, see more sir. of what you're up to.
Oh, same, same to you. Thank you so much. And I love you, family. I can't wait to see all of you guys, whoever is listening. Um, I love you guys so much. And I can't wait to hear your episodes and hear how, how everyone is doing. I love this so much. So thank you, Hector, for, for inviting me. And um, it's great to talk to you. I mean, we never yeah. really chat like this. And I think this is awesome. So it's like, I feel like I'm getting to know the family in this new place of where I'm at in, in this new age and, and everybody is so much older and doing living their lives in so many different ways. So this is great. It's like getting to know everybody um, all over again or even more for the first time as well. So this is perfect. Mm -hmm. So thank you, Ekdod. And um, I can't wait to see you again soon. Hopefully I'll see you this yeah. week in, in class. Yeah, for sure. I'll definitely be there Thursday if we're not there today. Okay, perfect. All right. Well, Alrighty. I'll talk to you later. Love you. Love you too. Um, thank you all for listening. This has been the Las Aguilas podcast. I'm Hector Farias. And I am Sarah Farias. <laughs> <laughs> thank you all for listening. I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Family forever, baby.